0: This is not a fucking test. Warning. You're laughing at the end of the world as the DJ Rattnack in the morning. So the find now and these the facility
1: of the fight is following you. Take the answer. Yo, what's poppin'? Tag team back again. <laughs> what's good, man?
2: Back for the 15th time.
1: Yeah, back to the <laughs> for
2: real. <laughs> you know, you're tuned in to the the Antidote podcast. Uh, I am paulie dubs and that's, that's DJ Poly Craftmatic. Dubs.
1: Yes, sir. We are back at it, man. I'm I'm happy to be in this motherfucker. Like, I'm talking to my dog, man, and we just gonna we just gonna man talk about a lot of things, but. We gonna move into the new season. We want to come in with a with a clear mind and running into all this shit. So we got a lot of shit for y'all. This is gonna be a good season. So y'all just make sure yeah. y'all stay tuned. But how we gonna get this one started off? Is man, we wanted to talk about some sports for real because uh ah, man, COVID. First of all, man, how are you hanging right now with everything? Just I, I gotta <laughs> ask.
2: I'm all right, man. I'm a, I'm as all right as I am permitted to be. Yep. <laughs>
1: whoever tells us what right because shit um yeah no I feel that uh I, I'm sure like we, like we said with the sports you know it's been trying to get back up to everything and basketball season was fantastic I think in the bubble um I yeah, think that was and- a great I think that was just amazing what they did for that to really set it off the way that they did the NBA did it right
2: for sure, the NBA, and actually let's let's talk about the NBA for a little bit because kind of the NBA season is, it was the longest NBA season in history. It was almost a full year long. Yeah. So it started right before Halloween last year in 2019, back when the world was a different, simpler place. <laughs> Much simpler times. <laughs> and then, um, shit, usually NBA season's over by like Father's Day, so... By mid-June, obviously, NBA season was postponed. And um, NBA season postponed kind of was the start of the COVID hysteria. Yeah. I would say in the United States, Rudy Gobert touched some microphones a little bit and um, circled a couple (laughs) of them. Got the COVID. Everybody freaked out. NBA shut down. Up to that point, a lot of things like I remember the NCAA tournament, they were ready to... Uh, do games with no fans and stuff. And then like that night after they announced that the NBA got the COVID from Rudy Gobert and the NBA <laughs> shut down and everything shut down immediately.
1: <laughs> it's still so funny, man. I, uh, ESPN showed that shit the other day and I was laughing watching it because they, they just showed it again. Him touching all the mics and shit It's still the funniest mm-hmm. shit ever because literally that like set it off, especially in sports. Like it was happening around the world, but it was like It was still a little bit smaller, uh, definitely smaller. And then he goes doing all that. And then like the first, like the next day or something like that, somebody got it or so it was wild shit. That shit was super funny though. I was was laughing.
2: It it was Rudy Gobert that got it and Donovan Mitchell that got it, uh, shut down the NBA season immediately at that point. And the NBA came up with a bubble. So in the bubble there in Disney World. Disney world. Yeah. Disney Disney Disney, world. World, Yeah. In Orlando. Uh, they basically got full use of a couple of the hotel facilities in there. I know uh, at the start of the bubble, there was 22 teams that were invited. It was every team that was in playoff contention, plus a couple of teams that were within a certain amount of games out like five or six or something like that. Yeah. Um, and, um, from there, they determined the seating for the playoffs. They went off of the regular season records. The bubble—what an interesting concept, though. The you know the bubble. So these people—they can't go in. They can't go out. Really, um, it's—it kind of was like summer camp.
1: Yeah, in for, a sense,
2: <clears throat> for millionaires, right?
1: Yeah, because they got the whole resort, like they got a whole section of of Disney World, like that whole thing. They had like a whole side of it shut off to them. It was closed anyway, of course, then, you know, Disney, Disney World, Disneyland, all of the Disney parks were closed. So they got that on exclusivity anyway and just had a staff of of. I think they said there was like a thousand like cooks and stuff like that in there, almost or like a thousand mm-hmm. you know c- cook people all together. You know, moving all that stuff. They had food in there and everything else. That was just like I can't remember that dude's name now. The 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 the, the one that got he well, like stepped over the line or something and he got quarantined. Oh, <laughs>
2: remember yeah, that? I show? forgot who that. I forgot who that was. But then there's <laughs> Lemon Pepper Lou. <laughs> he went to Magic City.
1: <laughs> so matt he said he needed some wings dog he left for he some it.
2: wings and it, he went for a funeral though like he left the bubble for a funeral but then some, his manager or something put him on the snap and it was at magic city <laughs> that magic city bro so he got a quarantine at some point mike conley i believe had a child and left but he didn't he had like a two-day quarantine um they had some crazy, you know. Everybody's getting tested on the daily. I believe that's staff as well as players. Yes. Um, the players got there, I think, about three weeks before the the restart, which was on July thirty first. And they basically just had to keep getting tested. Uh, a couple of teams had players test positive prior to getting there. You already had to test positive a few times, I think, before they'd even let you on the plane. Yep, to Orlando. Um, the players, <laughs> yeah, Jokic, Westbrook. Yeah, there
1: was a couple um, big names.
2: I think Harden had it too. Um, but so basically at first it was just the players, the coaches. Then the media, they had a lot of stuff. You ever see the, they had a video of like all the production stuff. They had like whatever, 20,000 miles of, of fiber cable and and all the TV oh, yeah. screens and everything like that. It took, yeah. I think it took like three weeks to set it up.
1: Yep all the all the uh the fiber optic network and everything that they had to do yeah they the they did a bunch of work for that
2: up, yeah i mean these are probably the most some of the most impressive screens i've ever seen
1: oh yeah the um, technology was is way uh, way ahead like the, the nba back then or anything back then wasn't thinking on this kind of level cuz the inner the interaction of even bringing in live crowds of just having people like over zoom or something all being shown mm-hmm. on a on a microsoft screen like that. teams microsoft Our teams team. yeah they did on teams and man that's that's huge like that's that's next level when you talk about next level technology, everything else. Yeah, they they did it right, man. The, they they really brought it
2: in it. They brought in like the home team DJs and stuff.
1: Yeah, each of the DJs from each mm-hmm. of the sectors. Yeah, because the homie DJ Paws, he was up there playing for the Denver Nuggets. That's the uh, Denver Nuggets DJ. So yeah, he's uh, he was out there playing and shit or however they were doing it. I don't know how they were doing it. Were they doing a remote or they are out there?
2: They were doing remote. Um, oh, Okay. That's why everything was so hard to
1: do. How do you do that? That's, that's so difficult. I believe they had
2: like a few bubble DJs. I might be incorrect on that, but I I think I seen something that they had some, like, you know, there's a DJ in the arena, um, which the production next level, uh, they're playing in an empty, like empty little arena, you know, basically like a, like a corner of a gym, but yeah, it doesn't look like that at all. Like the atmosphere is right for as weird as things are, anyway. Like yeah, it doesn't it, feel like they're playing in a gym, right?
1: Exactly. with With the dimmed, the dimmed lighting in the background, it was kind of like you know, the, the I like the way the benches were set up. That was actually really dope. Um, mm-hmm. And then, as far as just like how they have it, where it, it actually had like more free reign. Like you would never see that in a in a basketball game where you actually yeah, see- yeah. There's
2: the, more more space behind the free throw line in the out of bounds or behind the out of bounds areas. There's you know just free space behind the basket and shit.
1: Well, yeah, even them like playing and stuff, like uh, you, you know, or even having the bench like where the bench was at, the bench was uh, you know, wide open. You can just do whatever you wanted to do. Um, and so the players were down there. They're being hyped. They're jumping around and stuff. You can they I feel like they could do more with the space that they had like that. Yeah, the more cheerleading. <laughs> yeah, I think they had to do that to get through it. But I mean, that was that was a big part. Um, so what what do you do, like, <clears throat> as far as as far as how you saw everything, uh, TV ratings were down actually huge for the NBA, um, obviously because of social injustice. You know why people don't like that shit. Um, <laughs> well, I was,
2: I was Let's talk about that for a second, too, because I was looking. Yeah, ratings were down, but it's also a weird time year. People aren't used to NBA in the fall. Right. Uh, or in the summertime. Everyone's kind of focused on football. Um, after COVID people some people found hobbies and shit <laughs> yeah real shit some people turned off the TV and shit but ratings are across the board down for almost all sports um, right. it's just very few events where the ratings were actually up um, one of the few examples I saw that was that golf ratings were like one mm-hmm. of the few that went up tremendously during the break yeah um, and
1: that's because they were definitely one of the main ones actually still going like they never really had a chance. Yes.
2: UFC ratings were kind of even, um, but also got to come in the UFC. They're putting on events every single week. They said by yeah. by New Year's, it'll be 36 straight weeks with at least one UFC event. That's crazy. In the middle of a pandemic, bro. Like, very impressive what they've been able to pull off. They've pulled out fights in Abu Dhabi and in Las Vegas, just nonstop cranking out fights, uh, not having really... Too many issues. A couple of fighters have tested positive for COVID, but they haven't had any issues. Haven't had to postpone any of those events at all. Uh, Right. You know.
1: So that's a that's a good point that you mentioned, though. As far as like all the other sports, really didn't suffer, or all the sports pretty much suffered. Like there really wasn't. Yeah. There wasn't really a a winner out of that. But um, it is a weird time. But why do you think people aren't watching sports as much anymore? I, I feel like. Of course, and we'll we have to touch on it because it's it's been a big part of everything is the social injustice movements with everything going on, especially since COVID started. Um, People are out of work. There's more there's more civil unrest than there has been in in recent times, for sure. And, uh, you know, that's I think that has a big. Uh, part to play in it, but also, it, it, I don't think it really mattered because I, I'm still seeing high level of play. Maybe not in the NFL so much, but yeah. I would say the MLB and the NBA. NBA to me, this was the the bubble was actually a more intense and better play of, of, of games, quality of basketball. Of basketball. yeah, just the quality of the aspect of the game itself was so much, it was just so much more raw when it's just you and guys in there and ain't nobody else in there is different. That's a different kind of beast, you know? And I felt like that brought a lot out of those NBA players who, who actually played during that time, even with everything going on and that affected the season as well.
2: Yeah. So I think some of it, the ratings, Pretty much, you know, you don't know where the games are on. You don't even know that the games are on. It kind of, if you weren't paying attention to the basketball sphere, you know, if you're, if it's April or May, you know, the NBA playoffs are on, you know, during the weekend. So you're watching them, right? It's more hype, more going on. If you're in a town where your team is competitive, you can go to the game or, or talk to somebody. There's a whole atmosphere around that, around sports and a whole you know, economy built built around sports in America as well. So I think those things kind of factor in there. I think the social justice issues really—if you're affected by that, you shouldn't have been watching basketball anyway. You know, right? Um, it's kind of just if you're racist and you're watching sports or you're a fan of sports, there's something totally wrong with you because you're fully supporting predominantly black athletes in most in most sports.
1: Right almost in every sport (laughs) almost yes
2: almost every (laughs) sport so you know if if you're a fan of the Denver Broncos how can you be racist because most of the Denver Broncos are black Right. <laughs> Except for the right. QB.
1: I mean, that's like the only like real position there that, that usually isn't. It's heavily dominated. But yeah, still. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're correct. Like the face of Denver is Von Miller. And that's the thing. Like even yeah. I, I saw something actually today. Uh, Marcus Smart said um, somebody during the season, like a, a lady he was trying to actually help out called him the N word and all kinds of stuff, you know, and she's wearing Celtics jerseys, you know, so she supports the fan. But still it doesn't matter like that's that's where uh that whole thing comes into play but yeah no it's um when we we talk about that too and i don't even want to uh disrespect the nhl like that because they did a great job as well nhl actually i don't think they had any cases like i don't remember seeing any cases like after that first week or something like that too they didn't have any for the rest of the time either Mm -hmm. um they had a small bubble too and they they did their thing too I, i looked i didn't watch i only watched like two or three games like max and i didn't watch them in full. Um, and uh, the, the games that I saw were really great. Like all the games were really, really strong games, uh, a couple of the abs games. And then, um, like I forgot who else I was watching, but yeah, there was those, the, the bubble that they had, it looked really solid as well. Um, you know, so even during this crazy time, it's like, Oh, we got to see all of, of how sports is doing. And somehow MLB has actually done really good with that. I don't see how they've been doing it either. Cause they're still, they were still flying around and shit.
2: Yes, and they did it with no fans, but they did it with travel. They split – MLB split everything regionally. So the AL West and the NOS played each other. It was a condensed season. Yeah. Um, so you're basically playing all the teams in your region, a lot more interleague games going on than than in a typical season. Right. Um, and that's because they were just trying to stick everyone to the region. The first round of the playoffs, they did home uh, – home series they did like a little three game home series and then the uh championship rounds they did in a bubble oh okay texas, texas rangers stadium
1: oh okay. okay so shit i ain't been paying no attention my team is out sorry <laughs> <laughs> we sucked yeah, so. coming into it a damn that's you see and that and that's that's t- at least the leagues are are adapting um to be able to to do that um because it still has to be played they're still generating some kind of revenue it, it obviously hurts them all when they can't have people in their stands either but uh NFL still having people you know like Bronco stadium here they're, they're allowing up to uh 5700 people some other stadiums yep. like I think like I think uh, Arrowhead is they're they're like at 16000 they're like almost like half capacity or something like that whatever their number yeah, is
2: Dallas I think has 25000
1: Yeah, that's a lot of people still. (laughs) And No, I'm just saying in general, like, hey, that's a lot of people Mm -hmm. still to come out. So they're still generating generating revenue. And I wonder how much people are actually paying. They're not selling out, obviously, because I haven't seen anybody actually sold out.
2: No, Um, so even on the last Broncos game, it wasn't a sellout even of the limited seats. There were still seats available from first market reselling. Uh, I I bet, because it's...
1: It's either they can't afford it because I don't know if ticket prices are the same, <laughs> but if it's oh, still it's actually same. cheaper
2: because because you're not going through StubHub, you can buy them straight from Ticketmaster.
1: Yeah, hopefully. So. I mean, I bought them straight from Ticketmaster, too. But it, yeah, it depends. Like the only time I've gotten a good deal on tickets is uh, the half price games.
2: <laughs> That's
1: when I got. Yeah, a good so deal.
2: now you can get tickets like you can get seats in the one hundreds for less than one hundred dollars a seat.
1: Oh, okay, bet. See, yeah, that's, yeah, and that's what and that's what you need right there, cause people be able to got a good man. Yeah, I might. Yo, yeah, it was
2: tight though. The thing. Broncos. <laughs> did you see when they have the when they set up the whole south stands with the South Park?
1: Yeah, bro. Perichers.
2: That's <laughs> legendary shit. That, that little that, cutouts
1: of all the that South that Park. Pandemic perichers. special, bro. They got the pandemic <laughs> specials in the row. Yeah, I thought that was pretty dope. I was like, oh man, that's hilarious they really put the whole town of South park or so they put all the characters in there. (laughs) That's crazy, man. I I mean, that's a good job. I think that's a good job by them too. But um, I mean, obviously with this, with this uh, formatting of, of things, do you think that the major sports might actually look at these going forward? Not like a necessarily uh, abbreviated system, but I feel like this could be a while before we're kind of like out of this phase. So, <clears throat> this could be something that could be adopted for the next couple of years. I, I'd even hate to even say that. Um, yeah. I <laughs> mean, it's kind of odd. It could be something that
2: happens. We're probably not looking at full capacity stadiums for at least the next one year.
1: I for would sure. Say. At least one um, year.
2: For, and I'm talking fully packed stadiums. Like there's no restriction, you know, how many seats they can sell or how many people they can allow. At least a year, I, I would think. And it's just kind of odd because, you know, honestly it just comes down to one person snapping their fingers and making it possible, the governor of the state. Right. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if a full on bubble like that would be necessary. Um, I think at the time and the place it, and it being the NBA, it needed to be done in a bubble. And I think it, it was a great idea. Um But on top of it, it's also kind of like a science experiment in a way, Um, because, you know, these people are getting constantly tested. They're not really in contact with the outside world. And there's a whole psychological layer of how that affects you kind of being locked out from the rest of the world. And we saw that kind of blow up as well when the entire NBA, like when it started with the Milwaukee Bucks just boycotting their game. Yeah. Um, which also, you know, was a historic moment for the NBA because from there, like, baseball games got postponed and everybody yeah. was just canceling, boycotting games at that at point. At least
1: one game. Yeah, at least one game. A lot of teams mm-hmm. uh, backed out and and didn't play games. And uh,
2: Hockey, that- I think even NHL did, like, three days later. Yep. You know, yep. They set out a game, even.
1: MLB started catching on. Not everybody in the MLB did it, but a lot of teams did. Um, so that, I thought that was really dope. I mean, th- that, that was very powerful statements made during that. Um, and obviously that, that did affect it cause you always see it. It's like, uh, I don't care. I won't be watching you know those people.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that moment kind of, it, it kind of really made you realize and think that the bubble and being in the bubble from the athlete's perspective, they're kind of in a fishbowl. Like, you know what I mean? They're there basically to to entertain people and they're kind of locked out from the world. They can't do anything. They can't go and protest. They can't go right. out. Um, and they're, and on top of it, they're locked in into this area.
1: And it was kind of crazy how that wave came. Cause you remember, yeah, they're, they're locked in into that, that area and they can't go anywhere. But uh, I, I remember even like, uh, uh, of course, Kyrie was the first person to say we shouldn't have a season at all. And people said he was crazy. Um, And a lot of people then started agreeing and then it swayed back because of how well they actually controlled the environment and still were able to do what they were able to do um, and still make statements and and do the things that they needed to do. Um, You know, a lot of good things came from those things as well. But um, it it, it was just like an experiment. It was it was looking at how how you can do that on on a larger scale. (laughs) But it's one of those things that you can figure out is um manageable and that's what the NBA did but yeah we, I want to see the long-term percussions because you can repercussions excuse me because you 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 could see it in some of those players faces and their and the way they acted and things like that there Um that they definitely did not like being there for three months like they're there for three months Lakers definitely were there for three months like the whole entire team is there mm-hmm. for three months together yeah um 90 days. That's a long time of not seeing anybody else. And then, then and they got get, to bring in some people, but yeah.
2: But not till late. It was for the uh, you know, they're there for that three week training camp. They're the regular season. They weren't allowed to have any guests. If you made it to the second round of the playoffs, you could bring like two guests, I believe, like your wife and one child. Yeah. Like you, you bring your favorite kid. Um uh, <laughs> then they're stuck under the protocols of of the bubble as well so they got to get tested every day they're you know they're wrapped in that cycle uh, if you made it to the round of the uh, like the conference finals you got to bring like a couple more family members and they even had to strictly say like these can't be people that you just know from Instagram <laughs> like they specifically right. said no Instagram because some, <laughs> some girl was tweeting that she already got an invite and uh, yeah they wanted some no dude got kicked makeup. off
1: trying to sneak in that girl who dressed up like a um, like she worked for the team. Did you see? You, you saw that one. Did you see that one too? That was no. that, that kid who got suspended. He you was talking like about Daniel a House. Kid. No, him too. But there was somebody else.
2: Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, no, maybe that was
1: football. Was that football? Maybe it was football. That was football. Remember, yeah, yeah, no, that he was football. For the Seahawks or something, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. That was their
2: training camp. He tried to sneak in somebody. That's no, why I'm um, getting Dan- mixed
1: up. But Daniel House too. He did. That's who I'm getting mixed up with. But those two are.
2: Yeah, Daniel House like, had the housekeeper up in his room.
1: Yeah, bro. Uh, he was giving her home. a PCR sample. <laughs> got sent home. And yeah, then his wife at home. Bro, like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah.
2: And uh, it, it's crazy. But yeah, the quality of play of the bubble, I thought, was the best quality of play of NBA. Not only are these guys all fresh, but it's the playoffs. They have an incentive to play really hard. So they're all healthy. They can play hard. On top of that, they're in a gym as opposed to an arena. So, you know, the the gym is a lot easier. The, there's no depth perception problems. There's not screens and all kind of visual stimulation going on in the background of the game at all. Yeah. Like just screens basically in the basket, and it's just like practice, you know, playing in the arena just like practice. And I think that brought a, a higher level of quality of play. Um. Especially from the people that took the opportunity seriously, and let's talk about some of the the people that really stepped up um, and really brought it to the bubble. Like took it really seriously and, and really elevated their game. I think the regular season portion, we're looking at Damian Lillard going absolutely ham. Uh, yeah. We're also looking at like Devin Booker going ham.
1: Yeah, Devin Booker. Um, the emergence of Michael. Porter Jr. and yeah. Jamal Murray, next level.
2: Yes, um, and uh, Donovan Mitchell.
1: Donovan Mitchell as well. It just showed how great that actually that small little division right there, the Pacific West, or is yes. that what it's called for the where yep. the Nuggets and the, uh, the Pacific West um, division is actually really slept on. Like pretty much all those teams are good. Um, yeah, and they
2: all play hard, um, and they're they don't got really superstars that they've brought in through free agency. Uh, these are teams right. that are built from the ground. They're, they're up mid-market teams. Management. Yes. and mid-market teams. Excellent scouting from both of them. So uh, one thing, you know, the Utah Jazz, I do want to say they brought it. They're the yeah. ones that, you know, shut down the NBA season. I know Rudy Gobert caught a lot of scorn from, you know, a lot of people in the public eye. A lot of people. Even in his senior. His, uh, his and Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> yeah, Donovan his Mitchell that he gave the COVID to, who they were already kind of on shaky terms. So for them to really pull back and bring it all together to be in this bubble environment and to play as hard as they did, I really commend them. And that shows a lot about the character of the people uh, that lead that team and play for that team.
1: Exactly uh, that, that was, it was a great leadership, like great leadership amongst, from their coach all the way down. Um, those dudes, yeah, like you said, they brought it like, they were kind of like that team. Like I didn't think was going to make that much noise. And like you said, Rudy Gobert, he actually played like a man on a mission. Mm -hmm. Like he looked like probably the best center in the game. Yes. um, At at one point during that series. Um, and then Jokic turned it around and really showed why he is the best center in the game. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and really took it to another level. Um, yeah, Denver to to yeah to me, Denver was really the eye opener. Um, we knew they're young, you know, they're they're a young team, um, and we knew that they could you know be good, but we didn't know they could be this good. And I think that was the um, the testament to to it all, you know. Even even Coach Malone, and I think he makes some bonehead decisions at times. Um, his decision-making is is kind of a lack. He, he reminds me of all Denver coaches right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, but, you know, the same thing is, like, they showed that heart and effort, though. Like, they really showed that heart and effort, that drive. Uh, Jamal Murray, he ran out of gas. I think that was what killed him. He ran out of gas. I think you, those games that mm-hmm. he was going off trying to match Jonathan, and they needed it by all means. They both needed it. But right after that was that game seven, he had a terrible game seven. And then he really didn't find it for a while after there and they still got far enough and it was crazy like it was just he, he would give you that enough and um yeah no they turned into it turned into be a, a crazy uh bubble that that was a team that really uh stepped up to me and then yeah uh, Dallas and-
2: Yeah Dallas definitely stepped up uh the Nuggets They're the first team in NBA playoff history to come back from a three one deficit in two separate series. Two Uh, series in a row. And I mean coming back from a three one deficit is rare. It only happens once every whatever. It's only one happened once
1: in the in the finals. (laughs) Yeah.
2: So it's only ever happened once in the finals. And then in the NBA it happens once every five years or so, right? Right. Like it's not an every year occurrence. A team comes back from a three one deficit. Usually the that's almost that's it's one of the toughest things to do in the NBA, and they did it twice um, against the Jazz and then against the Clippers as well, who kind of self destructed. But and they're a team, the Clippers, that I believe kind of never really bought into the bubble, never really took it as seriously as some of the other hungrier teams out there, and and I think that's kind of what separated the the good from the bad is the hunger.
1: Yeah, the the, the teams wanted it more, and I think it was because you know they remember we thought it was going to be at um in jeopardy like the season was going to be in jeopardy together as well because nobody saw what they were trying to do for the for the deal as far as what was it going to look like and you know when the want get in yeah you know they were like what do we do um well before yeah during the lockdowns and everything yeah like you said lockdown um he he, that's what they were trying to figure out and i was like okay i don't know if this is actually going to happen and so now that everybody could agree upon it they they could just play ball And so it did just let those guys just play the game like they didn't have to um, worry about it, you know, as much. They were just able to just play the game and uh, they played a lot of the teams just came in with the mindset of we're going to be the best that we can be, especially like you said, healthy. Everybody's healthy. You've got all the teams who's who've rested for literally three to four months. Everybody's a little rusty, but that's fine. You give them three weeks to get ready and that's exactly what they did and they went out there and played man and um it, it really showed just all the teams i feel like a couple of teams were terrible um <laughs> i don't know how they milwaukee. got in there uh yeah man yeah so the let's Wizards. talk about the bad beats basically like the bad beats of of the league because yeah there that's one right there for sure um the milwaukee here's a
2: bad beat the phoenix suns they went 8 and 0 during the last during all their bubble games they won all the bubble games And they didn't make the playoffs.
1: Yep, and that's what I was going to bring up with Phoenix is that man they got they got it bad like because they were hooping and and Danny and Danny uh, Booker was Devin Booker. Booker. I can't want to say Danny Booker for whatever reason. Uh, Devin Booker was playing uh, uh, on another level, and he he looked like the best player in the bubble for pretty much the whole first games like you said the first eight games mm-hmm. he looked like the best player in in the in the, in the nba uh, at least scoring wise like he looked like there was no way anybody was gonna um you know lose and it, it, it was terrible for milwaukee because they're the number one seed like if you're the number one seed man um how, how do you just go down like that and they go down and and it makes zero sense. Like, uh, that was the biggest <laughs> meltdown I've probably seen um, since, oh, I guess Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta. That was the worst meltdown I've seen since Atlanta. Atlanta in the Super Bowl.
2: <laughs> Falcons. Yeah. Blown twenty eight three lead in the yeah. third quarter. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's probably the one of the biggest meltdowns. No. Them and the Clippers, too. The Clippers, too. Because they had the Nuggets, they had the Nuggets down. There should have been no way they lost to the Nuggets, um, and they let them come back. And then I, I feel like Milwaukee had enough firepower to beat everybody in the East, but obviously not, because um, they couldn't figure out how to stop Jimmy. But Jimmy Butler is the other surprise too, man. Jimmy Butler. We we talk about Jimmy Butler. Um, yes, Polly here made me a, a fan. Of Jimmy Butler. I didn't know much about Jimmy, but he talked about him all the time when he was in Chicago and that's, that's Holly's team. And he was telling me about it. He's like, Jimmy Butler is, is, is cold, man. You got to watch him play. He like, he's, he's one of the best basketball players. Like he's the most slept on uh, basketball player in the league. And he's probably the best two way player in the NBA. And I didn't believe him at first until I started watching him and I watched the way he played. And I was like, man, he's super aggressive on defense. He takes no breaks. Uh, he goes hard twenty four seven on both ends, and um, yeah, th- he showed it this year. He showed everybody uh, what what I know. Polly saw um, those years back in Chicago because um, <laughs> he definitely turned it on, man. I was like, man, this dude is on another level because he's only in the in the league like seven years, right? Something like that.
2: Yeah, he's been in the league for about seven years. Uh, Jimmy Butler is just a very interesting story and and person and character. Um, I don't know, like he's, he had it rough growing up. His mom kicked him out of home when he was 14. Cause she thought he was ugly and <laughs> yeah. real talk. Like she I know, I know out.
1: it's, I'd hate to laugh, but it's just, it's crazy yeah. that that even happened. Like, so, so you know, that you they so fucking ugly. Childhood. I need you
2: to leave. <laughs> like, yeah. That's wild. It's wild. Yeah. So, um, I just think from there that created a chip on his shoulder that, you know, basketball was his escape. And it's his oasis. And he loves playing basketball and just was very competitive at it. Um, interesting story about Jimmy Butler in the bubble, too, is that he hated the coffee that they had there. No yeah, <laughs> convinced everybody else in the bubble to hate that the coffee that they were serving there. And so he had brought a French press into the bubble. So he started selling coffee. Out of his room uh for twenty dollars a cup. I mean it's NBA players, right? So
1: yeah, if you want good coffee, it's gonna cost you.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he actually started a coffee company, big uh I think it's called Big Head Coffee or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, Big Head Coffee Company. He started in the bubble, um, just hustling coffee to these motherfuckers and then beating <laughs> them in basketball. Tremendous. And they swept the first round. I forgot who they played. Uh,
1: it wasn't Philly, was it?
2: No, it wasn't Philly, but Philly had to have been super sad watching Jimmy <laughs> Butler. I don't know how you trade away all the depth on your team for Jimmy Butler and then just let Jimmy Butler walk in free agency. Like, right. I don't understand that at all. However, I think it was the best move. Um, Jimmy Butler has kind of, over the past couple of years before the bubble, it seemed like maybe he was the problem, right, on these teams that he was on. Um, Some
1: of them, they try to make it seem that way, yeah. The media
2: media definitely portrayed him as being a villain, as being a bad teammate. I didn't really believe in that hype because um, when Jimmy Butler first came into the league, and those were those Bulls teams with Derrick Rose back in the day, and Tom Thibodeau would play Jimmy 42, Five minutes a game every game all season long and jimmy would never speak out like you never hear anything negative coming from jimmy's mouth in chicago you know what i mean like he never complained about his minutes never complained about his opportunity he just busted his ass like he didn't care um and then he ascended into becoming the best player on the bulls from there, like remember he got suspended that game by uh was it Jim Boyle? Yeah. Suspended him and Derrick Rose for a game. Yep. Um Derek Rose had joined the Bulls at that time, also a Marquette alumni like Jimmy Butler. And um th- at that point they kind of tried to portray it as Jimmy being the cancer of the team or whatever, but he had right. every right to be. He he's out there busting his ass, you know. Yep. He's the he was guy. He's busting can tell. his
1: ass every game. He was busting his ass every every night, man. He was working hard. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, working, Always hard. working hard. Exactly, got that rare work ethic, and then uh, Bulls trade him away to Minnesota, where Tom Thibodeau's the coach again. This time, like Minnesota, full with these lazy characters at Wiggins and Towns. Jimmy Butler <laughs> drags them into the playoffs. Like Minnesota, that's the only time Minnesota been in the playoffs, probably in the two thousands.
1: Yeah, since not since uh, KG had made it's it to the playoffs since with Stephon
2: that. Marbury, bro.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because KG didn't make it a lot, but he made it a few times when he was in Minnesota. Yeah. So. That was literally though, the last time they made it before that. And before and they even got
2: there, there was a lot of years at the end of KG's run in, in Minnesota where they did not make the playoffs.
1: Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, he yeah. hardly made the playoffs after that. Like, I think he made it yeah. a couple of times there and then it was done. <laughs> since then,
2: like, nothing, bro. And that was 15 years ago, the fool left.
1: Yeah, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> no, it was it was a while ago. I'll tell you that.
2: Ten years ago, at least, probably. At least,
1: because that's when he went to uh, the Celtics, of course. So they mm-hmm. made the trade, and he got out because he had been at ten years. Yeah, I think he was his tenth or eleventh season. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I and mean, that's when they traded him. Because remember, then they finished uh, all all of them finished it in Brooklyn. <laughs>
2: yeah, <but, laughs> they kept getting. So Jimmy up. Butler, Jimmy <laughs> Butler, drags that team into the playoffs. Yeah, he drags it. Yep, and um again they've tried to paint him as the cancer right and they kind of leak that he had beat the starters like in practice he took the the last three guys on the bench and played the starters and beat the shit out of them in a scrimmage and they traded him the next day (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: he had that kobe mentality like when he ran off Mm -hmm. on dwight howard the first time (laughs) (laughs) it's the same kind of thing you know it's for you know at least in that situation they they traded um they traded Dwight Howard but I mean it's crazy that the the guy gets a bad rap um unless you watch it and I think when people realize was in Philly so that's the next stop is when he he gets traded again from Minnesota and Philly picks him up trying to get kind of a, a, a they wanted to see if they can win that year you know, and they had, the, I think on paper, they had one of the best teams to definitely do it with Joel Embiid. Um, they didn't have Harris at the time, right? Or did they? They might have had Tobias they, Harris. They traded for
2: Harris. They traded for Harris. Um traded for
0: Butler in, like, December, and then they all-star break or the trade deadline.
2: Yeah. So they had Tobias already. They literally replaced him with, like, who they get? Tyler Richardson and Al Horford. Right. <laughs> it's like, come on, bro trying to replace jimmy butler with al horford Uh, and it just shows you
1: his grind though it just shows you his grind though because then he goes to miami and takes this really young team and those those are just young boys who are hungry they just wanted to play basketball and they felt like they were the best team and he had them believing in themselves and um it 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 worked out because i mean to me boston was over overrated anyway um i hate that team um i think that they were overrated already
2: um, and Jimmy yeah. signed with Jimmy decided to sign with Miami because of Dwayne Wade too, um, right? Dwayne Wade had recommended that Miami is a franchise that that would take him in and accept him, you know, and his level of play. And uh, I think Eric Spoelstra is a good coach. He's like Eric Spolster is the only dude that LeBron didn't get fired
1: <laughs> <laughs> for real though. No, I'm sure, sure LeBron tried, right.
2: and that led to him leaving a couple of years earlier than expected in the plan, but.
1: Um, no, I think how the quickly how quickly the, the, the decline of D Wade was <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> was why he left, because after after that first uh, after that first uh, series with them together in the first run, the last two, he was not that good and he wasn't healthy for most of it. So um, but yeah, no, the, for real, Spolstra, it just shows you how great Spoelstra is like um, I have a lot of respect for Brad Stevens, too. I believe he is one of the greatest coaches out there that's that young, too. Um, but I feel oh, yeah. like Spo has the by him by a, a hair or two because um, I feel like he's always uh, Brad Stevens to me has always had weapons in a sense. Miami has always just been kind of there. They still win like 40 games with whoever's on the roster and you give him an actual player like Jimmy Butler, you know, an actual, you know, grinder and stuff like that. He he made he, he helped make that um, of, also with Jimmy's uh, drive and determination, of course. And, and then you get these young feisty boys who who have their confidence level to the roof. Um, they're, they're not afraid to take the shots and things like that. They transformed that team into a great fucking team, man. I, I'm really surprised yeah. at that one, too. I, I was, You called it from the start of the bubble. Uh, I want y'all to know this, man. I tell you, if you've ever listened to this show, I don't know how many times that we've talked about Polly guessing some shit or you've heard him say some shit on here and it came true. And and this was another one. This was a fucking another one. He told me at the beginning of July, he said, I'm going to put 50 or yeah, I'm going to put 50 down on uh, on the, the heat to make it to the finals. And guess fucking what?
2: Yeah, man. And, and let me tell you why. It's because the heat, they were like the four seed in the East and they didn't really add anyone other than Jimmy Butler. Really over yep. the offseason They drafted Tyler Harrow But other than that It was basically the Same team from last year And Duncan year, right? Robinson Yeah That didn't make the playoffs um, Yep They didn't make the playoffs But now they're the four seed And they're like Two games back From being the two seed So that just tells you The quality of play um, And on top of that Jimmy Butler I think Like you can see His fingerprints On making Bam Adebayo Yes A superstar re- Really elevating mm-hmm. his game and I feel
1: like Bam is like, like him and Siakam were neck to neck to me, but I feel like mm-hmm. this put him over the top because Siakam was in the, in the bubble too. And he didn't play well at all. He didn't play well against the big bodies that he had to face uh, in, in uh, Boston. And you could see the difference though. Like Bam dominated Boston. Like <laughs> they didn't stop him. He was eating. He was getting almost 20, yeah. 10 at night. And so mm-hmm. he was really doing the, th- and then that monster block, of course, um, to, to save that, that series. Uh, I mean, that was a game changer and that's, those are the kind of plays. Like, like you said, he kind of made those, those prints, he put those prints on Bam, um, to really make yeah. him elevate to that next level. And I think yeah, that's what Kawhi did to good. see Akum too.
2: Yes, I totally agree. I think, you know, when, when you see someone uh, with that hunger and they're willing to learn, obviously, Jimmy Butler is having that effect on on him as well as the whole team. I think you know basically, just the swagger of the team comes from from Jimmy Butler's hustle, which Absolutely. is a, a perfect fit.
1: Yep, he made them defensively sound, and that's mm-hmm. that's always what he's he's like. If you're gonna work hard, we'll get buckets, but you got to work hard on that other end, you know. And he held those young guys accountable, and they're out there balling, man. They they were out there getting it, and all those guys are. He's the he's the vet. Like besides Goran Dragic, you know, the, I feel bad that they actually lost him. I think he would have been the X factor against um, yes L A. because they don't have nobody to check him. Um, and he was scoring twenty six points in a game and things like that um, before he got injured. Anyway, he was actually having a great games, so I feel kind of bad, definitely for for Miami. Uh, facing those a lot more injuries um but you know things shit happens and they, they, but they'll be back and that's the thing is like when that's when the season comes back again um i feel like these teams are in a better place now and they'll be able to and they're a lot closer i think the bubble also put a lot of these teams closer so yes. that's going to make the bonds of those games actually for those players a lot better some of the other teams will actually be at, at a disadvantage um like brooklyn mm-hmm. it'll take them a little bit longer to get into a swing of things because they haven't had all those guys on the floor at once, not once yet. Um, So you have Kyrie and Kevin Durant who who will get theirs, but you still have to uh, build that chemistry, know where people are at and so on and so forth. And these guys figured that out there. Uh, The bubble really helped them. Um, Well, Brooklyn was there, so maybe they might have some of that. They just need to add, uh, you know, Irving and, um, and KD. And then that will actually make them tough. But I I like how that's going to actually look for most of the league. Like, I think that's honestly going to make the competition even better now, as long as a lot of rosters don't change up too much. Um, Even this next season should be pretty good because everybody will be coming off of that kind of high.
2: Um, Yeah, and I don't think the rosters will change too much. Uh, So one thing is the NBA salary cap is tied in to the revenue that the league brings in, which the revenue obviously is, is down tremendously. Uh, but all contracts are guaranteed so that's not going to have any effect on it on top of it like have you seen the who the free agents available are this year i haven't seen
1: for this next year no it's It's not very many the best one i would imagine it's not
2: the top one is fred van vliet
1: oh shit Really? the top
2: one and then after him it's like brandon ingram and then after that it's like oh
1: ingram's pretty good you don't
2: want you don't want anybody no, but um, so, Brandon Ingram
1: probably going to stay where he's at.
2: <laughs> so that that brings some interesting scenarios because a couple of teams are a trade away from you know becoming another super team, which pretty much have to be if you want to be entitled contention at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: I think every so, team is 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 pretty much built like that. You have to have, you know, and and this is the knock on all this stuff. Of course, we talk about errors and things like that. Teams weren't stacked like this now. Um, you know, old talent, new talent, the talent is just far more in depth now. Like you can really have and global talent. I think, yeah, I think that's actually the better word for it because there was, there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of uh, European players dominating in the nineties at all. Not until the late Mm nineties, you know, that 96
2: class, you know, Dirk's class. Um, And now you got Luka Doncic out here in the second season at 21 years of age, just Just clowning people like no pressure, like no pressure. Yeah,
1: you, you got Jokic, a young guy out there yeah. who's doing the same thing. Like I said, the best center in the game right now. Um, right. Looks like the most there.
2: unathletic pers- player in the entire <laughs> NBA. No joke. He literally yeah.
1: is, though. He just is yeah. very great with his feet. He has great feet and great post moves. Like his moves are just ridiculous. He has great he's like, finesse.
2: He's like if Steve Nash was a center kind of. Yeah, like,
1: maybe even like a, he's like a better Tony Kukoc, taller, you know, like taller. Yeah, baggers. Kukoc was a great facilitator too when he was uh, with the Bulls back in the day. But that's kind of how he mind. He's not as good as a runner, but and not as athletic, but definitely. <laughs> is <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, th- those those guys are taking it over. Um, and then yeah, just the the talent in itself. Like you're 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 having the team up. Like most teams have at least three studs on each team, and if you don't, you're not competing. And that's where Jimmy was was outstanding in in the sense of, um, well, Lakers didn't even have three, but you got still two of the top five players. Um, So that's, that equals like three studs, but yeah, um, it's the same of getting that he's got himself um, and Jimmy literally was kind of like a guy that you would put in your top 20. um, But he's moved up that, that list now, like he's jumped a lot of guys. Like it's not in my book. I already had him pretty high up there. I think Mm -hmm. he was definitely in the top 10 um, coming into this anyway, but, uh, even now, like, I feel like he, he might've moved himself up to the best basketball player, like top five right now. I'm talking just current today. If he's, if we're talking about who's the best basketball players right now, um, it's definitely Jimmy Butler's got to be in the conversation and he's done it with, with so much less. Um, that's what makes him so dope and, and makes it so dangerous. Like, and it makes actually the next year, like I said, really, really interesting to look forward to.
2: Exactly, because now he knows he's capable of doing it when he needs to do it. And Jimmy Butler also in the finals delivered maybe one of the greatest NBA finals performances ever.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. The, <laughs> they said the, the classes he was in was LeBron was with him because LeBron did the same thing um, in 2016. It's just the difference is he, he didn't have a, a Kyrie pretty much.
2: No, I mean like you know he loses yeah. Bam onto he loses Bam and he loses Drogic. Yeah in game out got his cast. Yeah. In game one, he loses both of those guys. So he should get swept at that point. You uh, would think somehow somehow Jimmy Butler like ends up shooting 17 of 19 or something like that, 45 <laughs> points, triple double. Yeah, uh, he was he, he was
1: 17 of like 19 through like the fourth quarter and then he missed like a couple of shots, but he still missed like four shots that entire game. <laughs> man, it was wild. Wow. And LeBron I did just, the same thing though. He was at, he actually had the same kind of game. It just wasn't as as much, but he uh I think he was like 13 of uh 15 or 16 or something like that and that's was his percentage uh for that game. And that's how how good that Jimmy had to play though to for them to even win that game. It was that that was a great game. That was probably one of the best finals games I've seen in a while. Real talk.
2: Yeah, crazy, man. And he had and Jimmy Butler I uh, think in the last five games, after game one, he sat t- a total of twenty minutes. Yeah, after game yeah. one, so like through yeah. five games, he sat a total of twenty minutes. He's playing crazy. forty
1: forty something minutes a game. I was just mm-hmm. like, man, there's only forty eight minutes in the game, and he's playing yeah. like
2: forty five of them.
1: <laughs> like, and, man, this
2: is ridiculous. But you know what though? Like, that's how they used to play in the nineties too. Like, yeah. <laughs> before there was sports science that's how long players would play usually <laughs> like michael jordan would be playing 42 43 minutes a game
1: yeah yeah
2: so
1: on as well especially in the playoffs yeah but that's mm-hmm. how even lebron lebron was the same way though for, for his early runs and stuff he played a lot of minutes not just because he's made a lot of them but if you look at all of the minutes his average of minutes is also still high it's not like it's a low number um so yeah it's it's the same kind of thing you know Um, and they definitely, uh, I mean, again, it was just, it was just a great, uh, season to watch with how much these guys really took it to the next level and really played, um, from a standpoint of, I think there was a lot to play for, um, when they think of, of course, all the social justice stuff, um, you add that into that too, it gave them a little bit extra motivation as well. Um, but they really took it to the next level with everything that they did on that. And man, it was that that was an epic season. That was probably the best season of basketball, even in that short span or anything like that. Um, that I've probably seen at least in the last five to ten years, possibly. Um
2: Yeah, I would say probably in the last ten years the quality of play was just tremendous. Um above what you know I'm used to seeing in an NBA game. And it it was just awesome. It was really, really cool to see some of these new guys really step up to the challenge uh, because th- they had the opportunity to. So I'm I'm really interested now for these cats like Donovan Mitchell, uh, Jamal Murray, especially. I'm really excited to see where his career goes from here. Um, you know, yep. Jokic, um, Jimmy Butler already been there. I'm excited to see what the Heat can do from here. Yeah. Um, you know i think they're probably like one is not Giannis
1: team. a free agent you said it was he's, isn't no, he isn't a, is a free
2: agent he still has i believe 2 years left on his deal but i think oh, okay can, i think he can opt out after this season oh okay all right he can choose to opt out so um you know he can that's when players usually will force a trade if they don't want to be there anymore um he's saying all the right things but he probably wants to go to the Lakers. He wants that.
1: <laughs> I don't know, man. It just doesn't seem like he has that, that, that playoff killer instinct in him. It seems, I don't know. That's, that's no, at least we what seen,
2: we're,
1: we haven't seen we haven't it, it yet. yet.
2: But it also, a lot of it could be, it seems like a lot of it could be coach driven. Yeah. But, you know, Budenholzer yeah. Is the one that's deciding that he's that Giannis is playing thirty minutes a fucking game or whatever during the regular season. I understand you're blowing the teams out. Fuck it. Blow them out even worse. Like, what's it yeah, matter? He's playing, he's run. Yeah, he needs he needs practice to be playing up to those forty minute games. Cause you can't take him from, all right, he's played sixty games, third you know, twenty nine minutes a game for sixty games. You can't start playing him forty minutes a game now in this no. environment. so Because you haven't built that stamina to do it. Exactly. And, that, and now he hasn't played basketball for three months. And so I'd say a lot of that is coach-driven um, because of those situations. And it's weird, though, because it's blowouts, right? So you don't want to really put him out there in the fourth quarter, risking his injury or anything like that. Yeah. So it's kind of a catch-22. However, I put that on the coach for not, you know, Giannis can't play. 40 minutes a game that's that's on the coach
1: ultimately. Pretty much, yeah because he's still got to get some run in there to be able to do that. So where do you think some of these players will go? I've, I've been hearing already some some early trades because the season will still um, happen sooner than later like they're only going to get so, a couple months off, right? And isn't that the plan? They're about to still yeah, like, kind so, start around the same time but just later maybe like January or something?
2: I believe that the current plan what I had, had heard about is they're going to start the week after NFL ends.
1: Okay, so So, yeah, second week or third week of February, something
2: like that. Exactly, Um, and I think that's good to kind of capitalize on that right after the NFL season ends. Gives it enough time to work out a plan for what they're going to do going forward for that next season. Um, Gives enough time for some of these players to get rest and things like that. I think the draft is in the next couple of weeks, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe, I think before October is over, the drafts will take place.
1: Yeah, they um, did push it back. I forgot. Yeah. Uh, something. Yeah, it's either this month or next month. I thought it was yeah. maybe November 2, but I can't remember. No, that's good, too. Um, I just feel like some some players will be moving. Um, and I know I've been hearing already some early stuff. Um, the first one I heard it was both to the Lakers, of course, but Chris Paul was the main one I've heard. I've seen that from multiple uh, sources uh, that they might try to trade for Chris Paul, uh, which I don't know if they have assets to do that. So. That's out of the question or sign Derrick Rose. It was the other name that I saw, too.
2: How's um, Chris Paul's relationship with Doc Rivers?
1: Uh, I don't know if it's good or not. I don't know how they kind of left uh, the whole Clippers situation from the first time, but he would be a great fit in Philly. You ain't lying.
2: Yeah. Trade him for Ben Simmons.
1: <laughs> I don't know if they'll let them do that. I don't know if they'll trade let them do him? that.
2: That's a fair trade, though, kind of on paper, right?
1: (laughs) I mean, if you want to do the age disparity,
2: no. I mean, that's. But they're both max contract players.
1: Yeah. But isn't, I I think uh, Chris Paul wouldn't be like a super high, um, super max, would it be? Because I I know Ben Simmons, he just signed, he signed that, uh, that Baker deal like a year or two ago.
2: Um, I think a change of environment, Especially to a, a smaller market might be a good change for Ben Simmons. I think he's not a Philadelphia type of dude. Like, yeah, he kind of you know reminds
1: I mean? me of Zach Levine. Like, <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> like that's in Rocky City looking like Zach Levine.
1: All <laughs> well, all those uh, light skinned brothers look like that to me, and they kind of, <laughs> but,
2: they, like, but their game all reminds me of each other.
1: Like the Tatum, Tatum yeah. is the better of them all. Um, but they all have the same kind of game. Like, they, they their games are very similar. Um, but again, Tatum is the better of them all, and that's not saying that much. I don't think Tatum's all that great either. Um, he's got hit or miss. I feel like Jalen Brown's a better player on that team. But anyways, um, yeah, they, 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 they have to have something like that. I, I know that Doc Rivers <laughs> loves a point guard. Um, I, I just feel but like Philly's anthem. not going to trade away the, the, the youth.
2: But Doc Rivers likes... Short point guards. He does the his what, system. Ben Simmons doesn't fit that system.
1: Well, and Ben Simmons can't shoot, <laughs> so that's no. even worse. He has no use for you because he likes tall. He likes tall small forwards, but you got to be able to shoot the ball. He's always had a, a shoot a shooting yeah. kind of power or small forward in his lineup. He had Paul Pierce for all those years, and um, uh, when he was in the Clippers, he always had a taller shooting guard or a small forward some somebody like that but
2: even he, you know even fucking what's his name was shooting Blake Griffin was shooting threes
1: yeah and he's a power forward but he was 68 so yeah he's like 68 um so yeah it, he he likes that kind of thing so if you can't shoot you don't fit in his system like there's no way that he'll fit so i agree i don't know what they're going to do with Ben Simmons but it's going to be to a team that needs a Ben Simmons type of player a more of a slasher um, inside of the paint, but can still facilitate kind of guy. I don't know what team would kind of fit that, to be honest. Um, Phoenix would be a good spot for that. I think yeah, Phoenix, Phoenix, Phoenix with a the- young Ayton and a Booker, I think would actually work there. Um,
2: what about uh, um, Phoenix? Or not Not Phoenix, what the fuck? Utah.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, they need a three guard if you think about it. Uh, but, they're, but they're, but they but they like the Ingalls and those guys actually make it work because they can shoot, but they don't have anybody. You're right at the three. They don't have anybody because they have a Royce O'Neill and some other guy back there. They even, got
2: Conley, they even got Conley at the one. He He's better than Conley.
1: Yeah. And they got Jordan Clarkson too, don't they? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He would fit there. I think that'd be an interesting. Yeah. That, come to think of it, I'm, that's kind of an interesting place that he could land. That would actually kind of be a, because um, he a could be pretty thing. fast. Yeah, he can play fast. Um, and he, like I said, he's a slasher. The rest of those guys are shooters, so it, it would actually work out because he could probably... Donovan doesn't need to be having the ball all the time. Um, I don't think that's necessarily his forte. He can do it. I think he looked uh, magician-like a little bit during these playoffs, but uh, after you kind of doubled him and made him kind of kick play off of the ball and somebody else was playing off of the ball um that didn't work out so i wouldn't want him having the ball so that does i would think that actually does fit from a point four slasher uh perspective i think that would be a great fit for that team too actually Now yeah in those little,
2: terms little pick and roll with gobert that would be pretty nice man i think you would portland
1: fit. as well portland yeah. as well because they don't really have a true three guy um he i, I feel like there's yeah, he doesn't have to take any shots because you have guys who are going to put up volume shots, but David, I think you would have to get rid of McCollum though. So I don't think that would work. Yeah, because they would, they wouldn't have the cap money to be able to afford all those guys. Um, which I wouldn't be sad for CJ McCollum to be out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I think that makes sense. Uh, shoot, maybe even, a um, a San Antonio, San Antonio would be a good fit yeah. too.
2: They don't have any really shooters. Um, I think a coach like Pop would probably be a really good uh thing for Ben Simmons is uh,
1: Yeah. He don't girl. have no shot, man. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's his biggest problem. If he had a jump shot, it would be it'd be a different story. I think he'd be probably one of the most touted players right now. But yeah. he has no jump shot, yeah. he has no threat. If you take him away from the basket, he's, he's you you nullify him. He has no other part of his game that makes him actually good. So no, that's I mean, that's a tough yeah. one, man.
2: That's something that can be fixed by being in the gym. Yeah, with a, good,
1: with a great coach, they'll put him in the gym. Nope, but you to see said- a thousand shots today before you get out of here. <laughs> thousand free throws, thousand shots, all threes.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm sure the Clippers are going to make some kind of move.
1: Yeah, uh, they have to. I mean, that. oh, man, that meltdown is so big that you kind of have to blow it up. You already fired the coach.
2: Um, yeah, they have a really quick window. Like, yeah, you know, I think Kawhi Kawhi had a short term contract, like a three year deal or something like that with them. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul George, I think his contracts, you know, near its end. So they bust they got a quick window. Like they got to if they're going to be a title contender, they got to win that title in the next year, like the, this next season. There's no turning back for them. So they got to do something.
1: Right. No, at this point, I mean, honestly, I think you got to you got to get rid of Paul George. I think you got to get rid of Paul George. I think you have to. I think he's the problem, man. I'm sorry. He's just not it. (laughs) The dude's just not it. He doesn't uh, he doesn't make he doesn't make the things happen that it should for a player of his caliber. Um, You know, I don't don't know. I don't know what it is. Uh, I feel like maybe LeBron beat him up so much during his career. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> that he just can't, he couldn't handle it. I don't know. Um, it's, yeah, it's just think, a tough thing to see for him.
2: I think he got some of that Tracy McGrady syndrome. <laughs> yeah, you know what I one. mean. Like, he's yeah, got all the one. talent and he's got all the ability, he can take over a game whenever he wants, but he doesn't want to all the time or that often, or you know, um, and kind of from the bubble he had a couple of good games and he did come out after one game kind of talking about the mental health aspect of things of, you know, it didn't feel right. It didn't feel the same. Um, Right. I don't know. You know, if you're in a hotel room all day and these guys aren't really your friends, they're your coworkers. So you don't want to really kick it with them. So you're confined into your room after you just been quarantined inside your house or your mansion or whatever. And, uh, It's a difficult situation. Um, but on top of it, you're also playing basketball (laughs) for your like ex-father in law and shit.
1: Yeah, bro. (laughs) You you know what? You cheated on his daughter, like he cheated on his
2: daughter with a stripper, got a stripper pregnant. Um, it it does have a happy ending. He did fall in love and get married with the stripper and had more kids with her. So (laughs) um, but he was dating uh Doc Rivers daughter forgot her name but whatever he was dating her now he's playing for doc rivers this shit's gotta be a little bit awkward but yeah it's
1: gotta be i don't know how that works. <laughs> I, I don't know how that you know was i mean
2: going. you were at this guy's house for dinner now he's trying to tell you what to do after you kind of disgraced his daughter who then married right. like the the low budget curry the Kroger and <laughs> <friend> Curry. <laughs> <laughs> so got, got that all mixed
1: in. Down Seth too.
2: Curry showing up to the crib. You know, if you're Doc, you got Seth Curry showing up to the crib instead of Paul George. And I don't know. Seth, <laughs> Seth Curry don't seem like the funnest dude. No. But who knows, man? I mean, it's, <laughs> it's weird. It's tricky. That's just a whole nother I think layer.
1: you got to get, get rid of him, I think. Uh, yeah. I just think you got to... But they the traded so many
2: played. pieces. They traded so many pieces away. Like they should have kept Shea Gilgis. Yeah,
1: that was the dumbest thing. I said that too. I was like, that, that was way stupid to get rid of uh, Shea Gil- Gilgis. If anything, uh, Shamit could have went. Um, but I would have definitely kept SGA. Like he was, he was kind of the the point guard that he needed. Like the guy that he wanted at point guard, that was him. Um, <laughs> so kind of like another Rondo, um, but can actually shoot um and have a little bit more offensive game to him. I mean, yeah, they messed that up. Now Chris Paul has him and took him to the playoffs. That was another surprise for me too. Um just the dog the dog fight of Chris Paul as well. Um being that old that old man, old man River out there and really just getting the team riled up too. They just met well, he, the wrong and team.
2: And he was an awkward I mean that that series had a, a lot of juicy drama layers to it as well. The Oklahoma City Thunder against the Houston Rockets. Oh, Paul yeah. George traded from the Rockets for Russell Westbrook to the Thunder. And it was believed at the time that Chris Paul was just going to get bought out. Like He wasn't going to play for the Thunder. Yep. Because why should he? Like, you know, Chris Paul's paid a bad team. Team. Pretty- He's paid his dues in the league. He right. doesn't have to be leading a rebuild. Obviously, he's not the long-term point guard of the Oklahoma City Thunder, and they're not going anywhere. You know, uh, yep. they're not built to be a championship contender. They're not built to be a top four seed in the Western Conference of the NBA. But with Chris Paul, they are. And yep. Chris Paul showed up, and he worked, and he dragged those dudes in there. And he was ready to go to war against Mike D'Antoni and James Harden. Let me tell you what. They they did not have a clean exit out of Houston. It worked out to get him out of there. But he showed up. He played hard. He got those boys ready. And he got those boys developed uh, throughout the whole year. They never gave up and they were, I believe, with the fifth seed in the West.
1: Yep. Fifth seed in the West. Um fading off a lot of teams uh that could have been there, uh that were struggling um and, and still were and still were making good runs. Um but not still not nothing like how Chris Paul took that team. Um we're talking to Steven Adams and SGA and uh mm-hmm. man, I don't even Dennis know the rest. yeah Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> They had a uh, Danilo Gallinari.
2: Oh, they were playing that dude named Lort. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. Remember that? There was a guy named Lort. Do,
1: no, Dort. There you go. Dort. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. No, the, the guy who's never played before. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, yeah, name.
2: From the G League and shit, man, or some shit. What he, is it called the crazy. G League?
1: Yeah. No, it's still the G League. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's crazy. Uh, that they brought this, that dude up and just were able to get it to that next level too. Like, man, that's why, again, this was one of the best playoffs that you could see. Um, and and the way that the, the, the bubble was played out, it was, it was amazing to watch. Like they really took it to that next Mm -hmm. level. Um, and you've seen a lot of guys just, just go to the, to the max and really, really ball out and really just play. Um, and yeah, man, uh, I hope y'all, I hope y'all enjoyed it. I I don't care if you didn't watch it. I felt like this year was still just with everything going on. It was much, it was necessary. Um, and it was, it was very helpful, at least from that sense and standpoint of at least some of my sanity for sure. Cause um, there's only yeah. so much table tennis, golf and uh, Korean baseball league that you can watch um,
2: <laughs> <laughs> before you yeah, go the UFC's so, only on one day a week. Yeah. Yeah. we went to to NBA games from like 10 a.m. until 10 p.m. every day for like three weeks in a row it was awesome it was great uh, great distraction and the quality of play really excellent Um, the obvious story out of the bubble is LeBron James won his fourth championship made it to his 10th NBA finals uh, solidifying his story as the greatest basketball player of his era yes sir uh, did it with his third team, won his third NBA Finals MVP with a third separate team. First time that that's happened. Uh, Danny Green won a third Finals with the third team too.
1: Yep. Somehow. Bum.
2: bum.
1: <laughs> Can't stand that guy right now. No UNC uh, man. Still go Tar Heels, but man, he's a bum.
2: <laughs> Anthony Davis won his first title. Uh, I thought it was interesting. He said he will not be back to Disney. <laughs> had enough of that, shit. yeah. He said, I'm done, man. <laughs> I ain't never coming back here. <laughs> Another interesting thing that came up too is that uh, during the entire boat, they had the production crew from The Last Dance that did the Michael Jordan documentary. They we're filming the entire thing in the boat, yeah, for a future documentary. So, you know, that'll be great.
1: That'll come out in like 10 years when everybody forgot. Uh-huh. Or depending on what happens, and then then it'll drop and be like, oh, <laughs> LeBron. I'm guessing, That's I'm guessing
2: at least do. ten, at least ten or or twenty years. Like they'll wait for an anniversary, the ten year anniversary. Of yeah. The bubble. Um, it's it was historic. A lot of historic things happened in there. Uh, you know, not just for the playoffs, but just kind of how everything went. You know, these guys are basically, you know, confined to this area, only seeing each other and dealing with each other after the games and stuff like that. So it was like a, an experiment in the whole world. The eyes were on, on them in this bubble. And props to the NBA. They went 100 straight days with the zero positive COVID tests with all those people involved, thousands of people involved in making this happen. They made it happen. They succeeded. And um, it was great. And you know, props to the players, props to the organization, the association. And everybody that was able to to be a part of this to to pull this off because I think it was completely amazing, especially from being just drawn up last second exactly, yeah, you know just had uh, years you to, to plan tweak. that shit
1: yeah, and they and they tweaked it as they went, but they definitely uh made the right tweaks to to make sure that it was uh. Safe and it was a great environment at least enough for for them to play the game. It wasn't great mental- mentally for a lot of them until oh, some of them got to bring their families in um head coaches didn't, so uh shout out to Mike Malone. I know he's he was mm-hmm. ready to get home since he was the one of the most uh vocal about that um well, that's
2: got to be rough, man right you no, know, it
1: is for sure, right. I couldn't imagine being that gone that long um from my for my family three months, yeah,
2: that's a long and, time, yeah. It really is. It's you know, you can't touch them, you can't hug them, you can't do nothing. Uh you can't even have anyone in your room chilling. <laughs> right. It's,
1: it's right. It's not like you're taking a week off or something and then you could get to go home or something like they didn't get to do any of that. And then when they did bring in people, um, you weren't allowed to have it as being a head coach, which was weird. I don't understand the um the the correlation with why head coaches couldn't do it, but whatever.
2: Um Yeah, I mean it would that's a, the head coach is one person, you can let him bring two people that's, you know, eight teams left. And, and most uh, of the time
1: that's his wife. Teams. Like, yeah. <laughs> all of them are married. They're it's just their
2: wife. It's just like, that's less than 20 heads that you're letting come in there.
1: Yeah. If you're going to let the NBA players get that, then I don't know why you couldn't let the coaches get that. But anyways, um, yeah, th- it was definitely an experiment of seeing how people can deal with something like that at that level. Because uh, that's definitely mm-hmm. something that is pretty wild. Like I, I would say that's actually really wild to have people kind of confined like that in in a space like that for such a uh, long amount of time. And 90 days doesn't sound long, but it is long when you've been, you know, cooped up in one space. It's not like you've left that space. Yeah. There's a lot more to do there. I mean, they they have better space than um, you yeah. and I and these people out go in the green. world. Yeah. They can got golf and go fish. They, can, they got, you know, ride boats. And uh, I think they even had some of the, the, the actual amusement park open to them you know all kinds of stuff so if you're able to do any of that um i mean that that's better than not you know just not being able to leave your actual house so they're all right
2: (laughs) but you're you're also going from a millionaire lifestyle you're in your 20s you know what i mean like yeah you're zion williamson and you just got a hundred million dollars given to you on a plate and you got all these women after you and got this lifestyle you've been haven't had to work for three months it's gonna be rough man to go like from that to nothing you know getting anything you want whenever you want doing whatever you want Ch- chilling with whoever you
0: want spend money on whatever you want to you can go
2: fishing or you can go golfing or you can shut right. the fuck up
1: because <laughs> <laughs> i'm doing both and i'm shutting the fuck up like for real because <laughs> we'll be like okay cool
2: you can't even go to Magic City, man. Not even for some wings.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's still good, but we couldn't, you know. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure people out there still are. <laughs>
2: like, it had to have been the longest stretch of James Harden's adult life of not going to a strip club ever.
1: <laughs> Facts. Like, that
2: fool Absolutely. got his jersey retired, like, in, in strip clubs across the nation and shit. <laughs> he, <really laughs> and he, can't, he can't do nothing, dog. I bet you their Wi-Fi probably even blocked the the, the hub and shit. He couldn't even. <laughs> he definitely go got go blocked. He had to go look at Tumblr porn. <laughs>
1: go go then, uh, uh, looking up GIFs and shit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he's looking at GIFs, dude.
1: Like, <laughs> Just running um, them over and over. Nah. <laughs>
2: That's super. Getting no play. The barber was getting no play too. <laughs> yeah. Fuck.
1: Thank you for calling that out because the barber's doing the haircut for both Rondo and Abidal. Bro, <laughs> fire that man so fastly. I, I don't know how quick he could do it. Or in the words of Ti, expeditiously get him the fuck out of there
2: because he was terrible. Well, then you could tell though, like there was people that just didn't not want to fuck with that barber at all, like Jimmy Butler. Jimmy, yeah, he was the best example. Uh, of
1: Iguodala, like on yeah. that, on the same team. Yeah, they,
2: say, they say we ain't fucking with that fucking barber. Bro. Yeah, we don't need we no don't need barber. COVID cuts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they should. He, uh, Jimmy should have definitely cut that though, because um, he had that Brother. big old. His thing was looking rough.
2: He had the coffee hustle. He could have had the barbershop hustle. <laughs> yeah, for real. For like <laughs> calling I'm calling somebody. calling somebody. He should have just, just brought some clippers. He could have been charging 50 bucks a haircut. <laughs> for real, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 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 I don't man, know like, what was going on. There were some crooked lines in the fucking bubble for sure, dude.
1: Man. It was about as bad as the haircuts they give you on the 2K game. They don't ever
2: give me the real haircut. <laughs> the barbershop even looked like the 2K barbershop. It did. It, it sure did. <laughs> like a little box thing. like
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. It looks just like the neighborhood inside the game. That's what they were trying to do. For real. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I hope y'all liked that episode, man. We just wanted to kind of go over what the bubble was, um, what we, what we thought, what did we, you know, uh, see it from our, from our perspectives. We saw a lot of great things. Um, and definitely during this time, obviously, like we said, we kind of needed a little something. So I, I, I truly enjoyed it. And as a LeBron fan, uh, but an overall basketball fan, I, I was, I was pretty pleased with the outcomes um, and how, and how it was handled for sure. Um, I, I think they did a great job and, uh, it could have been.
2: It could have been worse for sure, and it was actually
1: the better end of that. So it, it was definitely on a on a great end.
2: Yeah, and I think Adam Silver once again showed that he's the best commissioner.
1: Oh yeah, for sure.
2: Period. I think his his leadership towards towards everything's been great. Uh, he's always been kind of open minded to new ideas, as well as to he's always been open-minded uh, as an advocate to the players using the NBA as their platform for their personal causes, uh, whether it be social justice issues or, you know, whatever, whatever it is, he's always very pro player supportive of the players. And, uh, I think that's one of the reasons I've always been a fan of the NBA.
1: Yeah, man, for sure. They definitely, they, and Adam's, as you said, Adam Silver is, uh, you know David Stern he had his his moments he he looked pretty good he, is, he was still one of the better commissioners for most mm-hmm. uh, major leagues and he still had his rough spots but um you know silver definitely uh is is on that level like he definitely put himself uh as the best cuz he's he's definitely just doing things the right way um all his ownership is pretty happy and they do everything that they need to and um you know Obviously, besides like, Steve Ballmer, but uh,
2: yeah, I mean, you always hear about commissioners. People always be talking shit about the commissioners, right? Like, right, hockey people talk shit about the hockey commissioner, the baseball commissioner. We all know that that dude is a wh- racist piece of shit. Um, oh yeah, Manfred sucks. <laughs> so people always talk shit about him, and we ain't even got to say that Goodell gets shit left and right, like. <laughs> Therefore, gets shit on all the time, and rightfully so. Um, all the time. Yeah. But Adam Silver is not held in that regard uh, at all, really. Like, I've never really heard anyone talk shit about the guy. He's, he always seems to, to have the right move at the right time. So props yeah. to him for uh, the role he played in facilitating all of this. Uh, props to the, all the housekeepers that had to uh, change James Harden's sheets after those gifts. <laughs> for real, man, after the gifts.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm glad they all got tipped well, for sure, because they took care of them for real. But all right, man, thank y'all for checking us out. We're going to get up out of here. I am DJ Craftmatic. That's Polly Dubs. We're back, baby. This has been the Antidote Podcast. You dig? Make sure you go like, share, subscribe, do all that. Take the antidote. Um, that's that's the name on IG and everything. Uh, take the antidote. com. Yes sir. You know how we do You still alive out there, Polly?
0: <laughs> please subscribe please leave us a five star review. take the antidote dot com.